Hey everyone, just want to encourage you to find us on your listening platform and give us a rating. Anywhere you listen to that has a rating system, go on over and give us a rating and maybe leave us a review. Let us know your thoughts. These ratings really do help. Thank you so much for listening. On to this week's episode. Yo, Nicole. Hey, Rolando. Have you ever gotten your parents so mad like King Triton got mad at Ariel in The Little Mermaid? Like, has that ever happened to you? Yeah, I've been slapped across the face by my mom before and yelled at on the top of I don't her think lungs. It's about, I don't think it's about slapping in the face, right? Because, like, who hasn't? At least I, I like to believe we've all... <laughs> because <laughs> uh, it happened many times for me growing up no uh i'm talking about like your parent breaking and ripping stuff that you love or have you cherish right no. like have they your parents have never like gone into your room and like ripped up like a movie poster or something no my no. mom's not toxic like that so well i mean lucky you because both me <laughs> and eddie have had our stories after watching the little mermaid for me my mom ripped she was so mad. I, I, I did something to piss her off. Like, I'm not going to play innocent here. But, like, she ripped up Pokemon cards for me as a little kid. And that was probably, like, the worst thing you could ever do to me at the time, right? Wow, yeah. And for Eddie, he remembers his mom. Like, she was just so mad at him that she, like, ripped books. Ooh, right? that's rough. So, and so me and Eddie, we have this, like, psychological connection with Ariel and that fear of the parent finding out what you love and having them being able to destroy it, which is something, I don't know, like it's something that interesting that me and Eddie do share who is unfortunately not with us, but you know, it's okay. Cause we're gonna he's, have alive. A he's alive. He's alive. He's <laughs> alive. No, yeah. He's alive. He's just not in this episode, but yeah. it's okay because we do have a special guest. So I think, you know, do you want to kick things off? Let's just get right into talking about the big movie, the controversial Disney live action remake of their own film, the little mermaid, the little mermaid. The Little Mermaid? Yes. The Little Let's Mermaid. Let's do it. <laughs> I'm Nicole. And I'm Rolando. And this is Remakes, Reboots, and Revivals. An original podcast. About. Unoriginality. So guys, before we get into today's episode, Rolando and I have a quick announcement. If you are in the tri-state area of New York, New Jersey, uh, you should come out to Hoboken, New Jersey on June 17th at 6.30 to the Hoboken Historical Museum, where Rolando and I will be co-hosting a night of queer films, of short mm-hmm. films, with the Thomas Edison Film Festival. Yeah, uh, it's going to be a wonderful night. You know, me and Nicole, we love discussing... Hollywood's unoriginality, as our open says, but this is a nice chance uh, we have been presented to like showcase uh, some original works by other artists. So we're very excited to uh, host this event and like have this panel discussion afterwards about the films. So please join us. It'll be fun. Yes. And if you can't make it, we will actually be releasing it as a bonus episode where you can actually access the films that were shown that night and Mm -hmm. watch it and hear our thoughts about it. So but if you're in the area, definitely come by and see us in person. And we might have some other cool things happening for this Pride Month. Yeah, it's our first. uh, This is this categorizes as our first live show. We finally hit it. We made it, Nicole. We made it. Oh, my God. (laughs) Uh, I don't think I can take this type of fame. So. No, me neither. I, <laughs> you know, I wasn't built for it, but that is it. Yeah, we're going to, and what you're going to try to put together some other type of pride events 
within if not this pride month maybe for hudson county pride yes. uh which is for some reason celebrated separately in new jersey and, but yeah. who knows why but forever. hey we might capitalize it it gives us time to plan um anything else do you have news any news that we want to share well, I sent you a text last night because if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you might have heard our Sex of the City episode. Uh, my sister was on it and we talked about the new show and just like that, where Rolando, he just he was so insistent that he was waiting to the finale of that show because he was like, nope, Samantha's going to come back. Samantha's going to come back. She never did. She never did. What a heartbreaking moment that was for us all. But mm-hmm. Uh, I still held out hope. I'm like, ah, maybe she'll make a cameo for season two. And it was just announced. Kim Cattrall <laughs> will be making a cameo in Just Like That, uh, season two's finale. I love that they've made it the finale, too. They made a point to express for the finale. So that yeah. way people have to watch the very end. I wonder yep. how fleeting her cameo is going to be. Like, is it going to be her, like, literally just waving, hello, girls, and that's it? <laughs> Yeah, so I I literally remember what you said, like, that she's going to enter the frame and be like, oh, girls, what mess have you made of things or something? And she's going to, like, like come to clean things up. So I think they listened. And I think you got to get that paycheck from Warner Brothers. I do, especially during the writer's strike. Like, it's just like, nah, 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 nah. You give me mine right now. Yeah. (laughs) So I just, I mean, props, props, kudos. And it finally came true. So it took a while, but yeah, some impressive news. (laughs) Um, so today, really special episode, a big one, The Little Mermaid. People have so many thoughts about it. People are divided about it. And we've had Mackenzie Green on our podcast before for a Batman episode, uh, the one with Robert Pattinson. She was on for Jurassic Park. She should have been on Top Gun Maverick. And wow, she was if also we had known. If we had known. And she was also on our Black Panther Wakanda Forever episode. And we have the pleasure of having her once more to discuss this film, which we have a lot of thoughts about. Uh, so without further ado, we're going to take it over to us talking to Mackenzie right now. So everybody, welcome. Yes, as promised, we do have a special guest today. You have heard her before, the one and only Mackenzie Green. Hello. Hi, I have forced myself on this show once more <laughs> and potentially coming up next month again too again for literally i pitch yes. myself quite she... frequently when movie slates are released <laughs> uh, so hey you know no complaints from us uh we love having you on and we uh, absolutely love i mean we would love if you could be a co-host but then that'd be too many podcasts for you I'm that's sure. right yeah so. i would basically be the nicole bear of pop culture podcasts people would be like too many podcasts get off get off my ears i can't <laughs> uh i am glad you're finding so much success in the podcasting world it's great for you and i'm so excited for you to do the comic-con la comic-con podcast you want to tell yes. our listeners a little bit about it i'm so excited like i finally have a project to plug so uh <laughs> i will be taking over as the new host of the la comic-con podcast we're coming uh, coming back uh to the airwaves in july july 10th uh as the world needs nerds so it'll be myself and my producer rob schulte um, coming to you with all things pop culture nerddom. We have an episode. We start the season um, with an episode where we break down our big three astrology signs via fandom films, and then oh. the, yes, and then we even get into X Men trading cards. So it's uh, oh my god, it's a time on this show. <laughs> 
the, this yeah. is just the perfect podcast. I mean, astrology, pop culture, nerddom. This is all my love language. I'm telling you, <laughs> truly, it's the show that I wanted. And poor Rob is like, what is, what's my yeah. rising? I'm like, sir, <laughs> I need your sun, your moon, your rising signs. <laughs> Mackenzie, what's your rising again? My rising is Gemini. Oh, that's a good rising. That is a great. Mine is Capricorn. Okay. Rolanda, it does that make yours. sense for some people it, it does it does it makes sense because i feel like mine is i'm cancer sun and so people are always like oh my god you don't seem like a cancer and i'm like gemini rising just just go with it and they're like oh <laughs> that's why, yeah. That's, yeah. they're like oh okay so that's why you left your house but now you're here and you're like please nobody talk to me goodbye <laughs> yeah yeah that's why my sagittarius sun people are like oh wait you're actually fun you're not a bitch cool is exactly. that oh my god the way I wish I knew as much as you guys in terms of astrology. That is just not my forte at all. I know I barely know all the signs. I know. Hey, Listen, I had I to know learn. Mine. I had my manager at the my current role at Whoa Wear asked me like on my first day. She was like, "What time were you born?" And my mom was like, "Oh, so you I work at one that. of those kind of places? This is wow. very LA." <laughs> Oh, God, that's where I want to work. Oh, I love that environment so much. By the way, Rolando is a Capricorn rising and a Capricorn sun. And I am a Capricorn. Oh, wow, double Capricorn. All right, okay. And a a Leo moon, so just want to say that. Is that? Oh, how did you you figure out my moon? It's a nice balance. Because, well, we did this whole thing before, actually. I know know Eddie is a Leo, so I don't know that's... And that's why. There you go. There there you you go. go. Yeah. (laughs) But we're not here to talk about astrology, sadly. <laughs> we're actually here to talk about a new movie that you might have heard of. The might new have. Disney live action remake of The Little Mermaid. Um, iconic Disney film that I'm sure we all have a history with growing up. Uh, I know that there is footage of me before I was speaking, singing like Ariel glued to my television. Aww. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, that was my first favorite movie ever. And also me laughing like Ursula because I loved both of them. I wanted to be both Ariel wow. and Ursula. I respect okay. that. So, right? Yeah. What about you yeah. guys? What's your kind of history with this movie? Oh, baby. So I uh, <laughs> love this movie. There's many pictures around our house of me in a very bad red wig um, <laughs> as the mermaid waddling down the street uh, with my fin on. <laughs> Um, I was also a swimmer, so I think you weirdly just fall in love with the character if you like spend any amount of time in the water. Um, and and you know, of course, you're like, you spend hours. Like, I would spend three hour practices twice a week, twice a day, sometimes during winter training. So after a while, you do start to hum that song in your head as you're like <laughs> on hour two, being like, "I live here now." Um, which is yeah. wait, which song? Under the sea. Oh, the. Oh, okay, okay. Because that's one you can hum. Mm-hmm. I was a weird kid, but I would hum and be like, I wonder if people can hear in my head. So I would do that all practice. I was a strange child. And then uh, my best friend uh, was a close friend of the mermaids for six years at uh, at Hollywood Studios in Disney. So, oh. yeah. So I also like... I don't know. I loved it as a kid, loved it growing up. And then weirdly, the first time I ever saw her close friend, the mermaid on stage singing, tears, sobbing, lost my mind. <laughs> so then that made me like love the character all over again. Aw, that's that. sweet. Uh, Rolando, what about you? Yeah. So my, remember how when we covered Peter Pan not that long ago, I said like, oh, my first introduction to Peter Pan was that, that play with that lady. Mm. Uh 
So for me, Kathy Mary Riggs, Martin, yeah. Oh, I was like Kathy Rigsby. I don't know. Oh, maybe it was Kathy about. Rigsby. I don't know. One of them. But <laughs> actually, it might be. Yeah. But my first introduction to the Little Mermaid was actually my father reading me the story and stuff Very and it, cool. it wasn't until i was like rereading it for the podcast i was just like wait a minute it kind of hit me like a ton of break like my dad used to read me this i didn't realize <laughs> that it was like almost like a an earth memory that i forgot i had and uh but my first time i didn't see the little mermaid first like the disney one the first okay. one i actually saw was like this animated movie that i cannot track but it was an animated version where i distinctly remember the little mermaid turning into sea foam at the end right like she tries to kill the you prince. were like why do people love this film there's a girl that dies yeah that was like the first one i saw before I, I i got into the little mermaid and i don't know now i'm wondering if my dad used to like make me watch these like other versions before he gives me the <laughs> disney ones like intentionally right because this is like the, the second instance that comes to mind like uh obviously peter pan and then he also yeah. maybe watch like read the or he used to read to me the original rapunzel which was a lot darker, oh. right? Where they go yeah, blind that at the end and stuff. So uh, yeah. I think he yeah. just didn't want me to like live that, le- no, or at least fall into those fantasy tropes and traps and stuff as a kid, uh, weirdly enough. But yeah, yeah. but th- and when I saw The Little Mermaid though, I-, I mean, I was just enamored with the music, you know, like how can you not? Under the Sea was like one of my favorite songs, but my outside of, I mean, I love a lot of the music from A Little Mermaid. It's also singable, but like the song that like would, be with me for so long would actually be Kiss the Girl. I think that okay. song is just so well orchestrated and it's so cute and I think it's such a loving thing and I guess I always wanted that moment with me like you know for me to like have that moment under the stars someone's telling me to kiss them kiss them go. Uh, I'm yeah, like so. I'm deeply obsessed with the because this was a thing when my friend got married that I genuinely for years tried to convince everybody to do a flash mob of Under the Sea at her Aww. wedding yeah. <laughs> and truly everyone was like you're deranged because i love the titus burges <laughs> broadway version and the way in my head i'm like i can do it <laughs> guys get me a microphone and we're good That's to go funny. and people were like mm, no but i do love i i do think kiss the girl is a it's a really adorable song it is it, it is. is yeah i yeah. think I like Titus Burgess's version of Poor Unfortunate Souls. Same. Yes. It's and that's a, my favorite song. It's such it's a good one. It's a, the I mean, best yeah, song. Poor Unfortunate Souls. I mean, that's the song I will listen to occasionally, like, on my playlist. Yeah. There like, are I'm not two, yeah. ashamed to admit that. There are two villains yeah. in life that, as I've gotten older, I understand them more. And one is Eveline from The Wiz. I have a lot more mm. respect for her now mm-hmm. because, in mm-hmm. hindsight, I'm like, she was making good points. If you have nothing useful to say to me, keep your mouth shut. Don't bring me no bad news. And then Ursula is the other one where I'm like, you are a child, little girl. Mm-hmm. And you have the nerve to be like, I would give up everything for this man. She was just proving a point. You're dumb. Pull it together. <laughs> Made her learn the ultimate lesson exactly. the hard way. Yeah. Yeah. Ursula. Yeah. I well, mean, also Ursula... Great- yeah, just such a. I mean, you know, Titus Burgess should have been Ursula because we all have seen that performance of yeah. him doing Poor Unfortunate Soul. And we know that Ursula is based on Divine, the drag queen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's just a role that was purely meant for, I think, a man in drag. I so mean, opportunity we missed will, for the new movie. A but... million percent, I will say, because there were even moments where I was like, okay, like when people were like, Ginger Minge, I'm like, uh, I could do without oh. that, but mm. I get what you're saying. Ooh. But I Jinx will... Monsoon. That's who I yes. was thinking. Yeah, Jinx Monsoon. <laughs> I, she's actually there's a YouTube video of her like covering "Poor Unfortunate Souls" too. Yeah, uh, I think it's one yeah. of those things where I was like, you guys, I was like, oh, they should have had a drag performer. But 
we're we'll probably get into it later. There is a moment where it finally hit me why I actually thought Melissa made sense and their version of Vanessa in relationship to Hallie that I was mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm, I'm going to remember sure. this until yeah. I'm an old lady. <laughs> yes, we will get into that soon. Before we do, Rolando, you were read the story growing up. Yeah. I mean, like, can you t- I all I know is that it was written by Hans Christian Andersen and the Internet has informed me of certain things <laughs> like seafoam. So, uh, but like, you know, what is do you know a little bit about the story? Can you tell us? Yeah. So in The Little Mermaid, uh, she doesn't have a name. Her name isn't Ariel. She's just The Little Mermaid. She's the youngest daughter of the king of the sea. And on her 15th birthday, she's allowed to go, uh, you know, to the surface. And on her birthday, when she goes, she sees the prince for the first time falls in love with him and then his ship gets like shipwrecked she saves him and just very much like in the movies like he becomes obsessed with this woman who saved him uh and he's a prince she eventually is given uh a a potion by a sea witch who tells her you can become a human but on the night on the first day after his wedding if it's not with you, like you will turn into seafoam and die. And she takes the deal. Now, interestingly, I remember distinctly, like one of the things is like how painful it is for her to become human. And every step she takes as a human being is supposed to be like knives into her feet, basically. Oof. And and that's important because like one of the things that she likes to do for the prince is she likes to dance for him because he loves to see her dance. She has like such a grace to her. And so she'll... She, puts herself through this torture to make him happy and eventually he says he's the prince he's supposed to be married to someone he comes to learn that like this princess from another uh, kingdom was there when he was rescued so he thinks that she's the one who actually saved him and therefore walks down the aisle with him and she the sisters come and they say like look we talked to the sea witch they will let you we cut off our hair so that way you can uh get uh get this dagger if you kill the prince they will she'll let you live but as she's about to do it she just can't come to she can't come to kill him so she decides to you know sacrifice herself because she's wow with him. and that's ultimately and that is but she now here's the happy ending though uh when because in in this folklore mermaids don't have souls humans do so she when she becomes a sea foam, she is given. <laughs> so she becomes like a spirit of the of the earth, and she says like, if you perform deeds for good deeds for like three hundred years, you will become you will have a soul. And See, it's like this, this is why it, it, this it is, is why we're obsessed with a real story. It's because when people were like, wow. I want an accurate mermaid story, I was like, the movie you all are describing is very depressing and not it for is. children. Yeah, it right? is well, yeah. There's a reason why it's depressing though, and this is what I find so fascinating. Um, Hans Christian Andersen was madly in love with like one of his yeah. friends who and this story came out when she, he became engaged betrothed to a woman and there are letters that he has written just professing his love to his friend and how he wishes either he could be a woman or she or he could be a woman so they could be together and uh, it was an unrequited love story and if you take that into consideration like this is a man who wishes like he could be normal like everybody else or at the very least like maybe uh you know find love with like the person he can't have so this is why this he was processing his feelings but this is why i'm deeply obsessed with the idea of like stop pushing the woke agenda and i'm like 
baby, it's all a woke agenda. The gay agenda it, has been around since the dawn of time. Mm-hmm. I don't know what to tell you. Yes. It's, oh, it's been yes. there. It's been oh, there. Yeah. A good reminder. Happy Pride, everybody. Yes. <laughs> yes. Or, Happy Pride. Happy Pride. <laughs> it's, it's truly, to this day, my favorite moment in life is seeing the Sistine Chapel with my parents and my mom going, and that was his boyfriend. Like, as we're looking at the image of, like, them, and she goes, huh. Yes, mom. Oh. Yeah, she was just like, all oh, that. Because she was into a dude. I like wow. it. Just, like, walk out of the room. I'm like, mom. She was like, I'm just pointing out. <laughs> That's a beautiful pride moment. But you know what's right? so great about that story is that you can also translate it to, like, the perfect allegory of the selflessness of women. Yes. Because yeah. that's all I hear in that. Like, wow, she just gives up everything. She sacrifices yes. everything for somebody somebody else. Now, of course, we can read that in a different way, which Absolutely. is how a lot of people end up reading the movie and whatnot. But still, like, that that's that's great. Now I want to read it. It is that, wonderful. That. It's also available on audiobook now. That's how I, like, reread it nice. for, ah. for, for the podcast in time. Uh, but it's a short okay. read. It's like a short. It's short. Yeah. Well, when they made the film in 1989, which, I mean, we were all alive in 1989. Yep. Yes. Yes. Uh, I was like a year old. I was like two. Uh, So we don't remember it, but it was bad time for Disney. Uh, Disney was just not doing well after Don Bluth left Disney and formed his own company and had a lot of success with movies like Secret of Nim, which is one of Rolando's favorite movies, Uh um, and American Tale and stuff. (laughs) Yeah. That one I like. American Uh, Tale is delightful. Yeah. American Tale is very good. You know, these rival things was like giving a lot of competition for Disney and Disney's output of Oliver and Company and Fox and the Hound were just not living up to the Disney standard that people were used to. Wow. You know what's funny about Fox and the Hound? Like if that one came out today, like the conservatives would have like an absolute field day. You just like they would just on, not. They would lose their minds about you want foxes Seriously. and dogs to be friends and play together and <laughs> fight for each other and like same thing with Bambi. It would be like this is anti-gun propaganda. Oh, yeah. and like, Ron DeSantis would be having a heart yeah. attack and losing like... his mind. <laughs> oh my God! Wow. Well said. Do you think that's going to get a live action uh, remake? Not anytime live soon. Action. Oh my God! In they quote, can't. Yeah. I can't take any more of these CGI animals. They're, they're me either. They're right? messing with my brain. I can't. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it is It is definitely confusing. Um, so Disney took a gamble and they said, you know, we're going to go back to our roots, kind of like when Disney was alive. I think this was under the advisement of Michael Eisner. This was his time period. And they got some Broadway writers with Alan Menken and Howard Ashman. They commissioned a score and they chose a classic fairy tale like this one, completely kind of rewrote it to be more kid friendly. Out comes a Little Mermaid. And thus the Disney Renaissance began. After this, Beauty and the Beast. Just rewrote the ending to make it a little happier. Well, yeah. Certain like... things, I guess. But <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it was a sensation. Beauty and the Beast came out two years later. Then three years. Uh, well, a year after that was Aladdin. Then they got Elton John to do The Lion King. I mean, we yeah. all know. And this was the time period we grew up with Disney. Right. Yeah. And we were lucky because that was such a great time to grow up. Arguably as one fans. of the best, like. Yeah. Film, yeah, like animated eras. It's also for like sure. the era of taking actual classics and turning them into cartoons, where it was like, we're going to take this yeah. very rough Hans Christian Andersen mm-hmm. story. We're going to take Shakespearean tales. We're going to take Victor Hugo's uh, Hunchback of Notre Dame. And make, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> somebody yeah. really was like, I have so many Penguin Random House classics <laughs> in my house that we have to were, do something they with. They were it. doing that. 
<laughs> for so many children's pieces though that was also when the muppets were doing you know muppet christmas carol and muppet treasure island don't even you know? get me started i think i think muppet christmas carol is the greatest adaptation of a piece of work oh yeah no we all same. agree we had an episode and we just concluded it's like muppet christmas carol is the yeah, clear winner same, of... same with it's treasure beautiful. island i'm like yeah treasure <laughs> island is great oh i sang the cabin <laughs> fever song for an hour straight in the start of quarantine for my family <laughs> That was the one note I had for this Little Mermaid, seeing the CGI fish. I'm just like, you know what, Disney? Can you just give me a remake yeah. with just Muppets to play the animal parts or something? Like, let's mm. keep it whimsical somehow, some I want some that way. back where one serious actor is present and everybody else yes. is a Muppet. They, so, Muppet fan, I'm a huge Muppet fan myself. We've been trying to get Disney to do Muppet Great Gatsby. Oh, that's that. right. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> Wouldn't that be amazing? Because like, also, there's there's not enough of these, like you say, classic literature stories or just classic stories, you know, yeah. being translated for the kids anymore. Like, we kind of got lucky there, you know, yeah. because because of this, I'm familiar with so many great texts and stuff. I know Disney should um, you, they usually love like taking you know public domain stuff and then turning it to their just exclusive IPs. Exactly. So I'm surprised they haven't done that yeah, with Great Gatsby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of weird how this next kid generation is growing up with our exact films, but done differently. Mm, you know, yeah. like they also have The Lion King. They also have Aladdin and Beauty and the Beast and now The Little Mermaid, uh, which truly has been an event film. Like, I feel like this is the first official event film of the year. Yeah. Uh, people are just like so excited for it, which is very heartwarming for me. Um, I'm so, yeah, thoughts about counter argument before. But you don't, I don't think, think it's a, the event of the I don't know. year so well, far? Maybe. I don't know. I'm trying to think of like what other. I'm trying to. It's hard to remember what other movies have come out so far. So John Wick was yeah. kind of not really. Fast X came and went. Oh, but that's like um, part one of a trilogy. So. <laughs> oh, no, wait. Super Mario might have been oh, the first one. Yeah. But that wasn't. I think that might have been an event too. Yeah. A lot of people were like very much anticipating Oh, yeah. This people come, turned so, yeah. up for that. Yeah. 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 And then like the Bowser song went viral. Oh, so. I mean, but yeah. it's so good. I mean, it's so. It's, yeah, it's truly. Yeah. That, yeah. that yeah. movie. That movie was a great example because Dungeons and Dragons was a movie for everybody. Mm-hmm. But if you like D&D, you liked it even more. The Mario yeah. movie was a movie for Mario fans and children. And if you didn't follow, mm-hmm. you don't play that game like me. You sat in that theater when I don't know what's happening. But that Peaches song is <laughs> fun. Like, I was like, I don't know who these people are. They're having That's a great funny. time. There's a star having an existential <laughs> crisis, which I relate to that star. Yeah. Like, yeah oh yeah no you could tell there were like so many easter eggs that i didn't get which i was trying to explain some of them to you yeah i had no that whole movie and i think i even said to somebody i go i don't know what the problem was with the live action one and that person was so insulted that i thought we (laughs) thought the bob haskins one was good no but me i love the bob haskins one yeah nicole we're in agreement here it's like yo the the, the Bob Haskins one gets a lot of hate for no yeah. reason. This is like a very no reason at great all. movie. It had its own vision. Yes. And it stuck to it. The fashion alone was just great in that film. It's an insane... F- like, that whole movie is a fever dream. Yeah. Like, somebody was clearly on drugs and was like, this is the best live-action adaptation <laughs> that will ever be made. Well, it may, we it's killed a, it. It's a yeah. fun movie to watch on drugs also. <laughs> exactly. There are just some things, yeah. like, as I once said, sitting in SpongeBob the Musical... If you were on acid right now, this would be way more fun. And the actor next to me who was like coming down the aisles just started laughing because I was like, you thought it too. I could imagine. Yeah, I haven't seen it, but I have seen like pictures of it. I'm just like, that looks like a fever dream. All I will say is somebody tap dances with six extra feet and it made my head explode. 
Wow. Oh, whoa. I started whoa. a standing ovation that nobody else joined. <laughs> it was just me <laughs> in a Broadway theater clapping and being like, Strangey, Strangey, bravo, encore. Dude. And people were like, please That's great. sit down. They were... They were all too high. They couldn't yeah, move. Yeah, everybody so. else. It was just yeah. children and adults who were like on Xanax and white wine being like, what? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so thoughts about the original film. I mean, is this one of our favorite Disney movies? You know, do we think it's kind of like the pinnacle of the Disney Renaissance era? Like, what do you guys think? I don't know if it's, it's a pinnacle. I don't think it's the In pinnacle. I, it's okay. also one of those movies where I think all I really loved was Under the Sea. And uh. and then outside of it was like part of your world was I don't know I was a little kid that didn't really get a ballad it was like why is she singing so slow this is so boring I agree yeah and then I was yeah. always I, I for some reason and this is gonna make me sound like such a child when Ursula becomes giant at the end that freaks me out no matter what like when my friend was in the stage show and giant Ursula would come out at Disney and start attacking that I used to have to, I had to close my eyes in my 20s. I had to put my hands <laughs> over my eyes or I had to put my fingers in my ear. I don't know why that thing freaks me out every time. The idea of her becoming gigantic and yeah. being in the middle of the ocean. Also, I think deep sea freaks me out. So then that mm-hmm. whole concept is like, who knows what's out there. It could be yeah. a fish lady you know Ursula. Yeah. <laughs> so that was I mean that's one of the sequences that also I will forever remember specifically when she gets stabbed and you see her Thank like you. skeleton and like the flash right it's like scary but I think for me the scarier part comes like uh, the right shark beforehand no 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 uh, it's like when, she, when she's like, on the ship when she's on the ship and she's crawling towards the screen yeah. and I'm like oh, I yeah. Remember, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. that animation was so creepy <laughs> to watch as a kid because yeah. and but like that's the beauty of like this film. Like the animation is so beautiful, and like the fluidity yeah. of these characters, they feel so real when you know they're not. But she's just coming towards you, and it's just like horrific. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's I don't like. I, guess I agree with with Mackenzie. Like I don't think this is the pinnacle of the Disney Renaissance. I might argue either The Lion King or uh, The Beauty and the Beast are. Same. Yeah, I would yeah, agree with that. I would too. But yeah. Uh, but the, for sure, like to kick off, to kickstart the Renaissance, a great film. Like it is yeah. easily one yeah. of my top ten Disney films of all time. I think it's, I think, I mean, for me, it's always been the music. The music has always been good. Even a part yeah. of your world, while not my favorite song, it is still an earworm. You remember it, like you know how to hum it. You know how to, yep. how to sing along. And you, you know, as you grow older, the message starts to resonate a little bit more with you. I mean, I'm not a, I'm not a girl being yelled at by my father. I was a young boy yelled at by my mother. So. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> yeah, but the uh, but poor unfortunate souls. I mean, that's just. I mean, that's just. Song is just such a great song, yeah. and it it's, kicked off the, the idea that like villains should have a song too. Yeah, and so they that's usually, true. And they usually get yeah. some of the best songs too. Yeah, Maleficent didn't have a song. Cruella no. didn't. She had yeah, a song about her, right. but it wasn't like her song. Yeah, it wasn't her yeah. song. Yeah. yeah, and and now you have to. Yeah, I just it just hit me because I was thinking about the timeline. Yeah, you get poor unfortunate souls. You get be prepared. Be prepared. Like yeah, yeah. Hellfire song by Frodo. That's not the best song, but it is a powerful. Yeah, Gaston. Gaston. Yeah, that's Gaston. Yeah, that's such a that's a good one too. I love that stupid song. Like it's just it's such a good like it's so great. It tells you Alan Menken does that so well, where it's like yeah, I need to sum up who this person is in music, Mm -hmm. right? Like I as somebody who loves musical theater, I get the biggest complaint is like. Nobody expresses themselves through song. and But I think what he does really well <laughs> is he tees mm-hmm. up this, like, 
dad, don't destroy my things. How can a world so bad be filled with such beautiful things into so- like to, in a way that you're like, oh, okay, the song makes sense. Same thing yeah. with poor unfortunate souls. She's got a basically she's expedition exposition dumping through mm-hmm. a song where it's mm-hmm. like, let me explain to you all these things. These are people who sold their souls. Girl, you real stupid. You can get the man. You just need some body language. Like he does a great job through music explaining yeah. these characters where it's like everything you need to know about Sebastian and these folks are mm-hmm. they don't like it up there because people eat fish. They kill fish. They're freaked right. out by them. Girl, why would you yeah. want to go up there? Like they just set it up really well. They do. Absolutely. Even Entangled, you know, when the mother's yeah. song Mother Knows Best, I think it's one of the most clever. Mm-hmm. I think it's one of the more clever songs ever written for a Disney film. Um, and I absolutely agree. They say in musicals, when emotions get too intense, thank you. It's when people burst out into song because mm-hmm. they can find no other way to express yeah. themselves. You I know, mean, it's nothing, part of the art form. Nothing makes more sense in Aladdin than this genie who is already overwhelmed you with his presence is like, fine, okay, let me explain how all of this works, and then you get <laughs> the best song, song of all time. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and Belle, you know, I want adventure in the yeah. great wide somewhere. You know everything so, yeah. you need to know. You know that Lumiere mm-hmm. is doing something he shouldn't. And then you're like, mm-hmm. this seems like a really big set piece for somebody who's supposed to be quiet. Like, it just, he does, Hercules, oh, everything you need to know. I want to, I'm going to go mm-hmm. somewhere. I can go the distance. Yeah. Like, Alan Mankin mm-hmm. just has a really good way of just going, what's a big, huge, like, 11 o'clock number? that tells you everything yeah. you need to know and then we can piece out and the story can proceed. We don't have to explain anything else. You yeah. know everything you need to know about Ariel now from part of your world. Yeah. Yeah. And it's important to state that his lyrical partner for this film was Howard Ashman, who was a gay man who then actually died after writing the lyrics for Beauty and the Beast wow. um, of complications from AIDS. Me. But I think that that lends itself very well to the sensibilities of that film, which I think is also important because Hans Christian Andersen, like Rolando told us, you know, a, a gay man. Might be gay. It's never been confirmed. Might be gay. Deducing. Let's just say. I mean, I never came out of the closet. You know, it's like I don't think he was writing letters that effusive just because he was like, "Hey, buddy, I think we should be roommates still." Like <laughs> roommates in quotation marks. Yeah. Uh, Howard Ashman wrote the lyrics, and then the the filmmaker who directs the live action one is, I think, one of the greatest gay filmmakers we have yeah. currently. So Rob Marshall huge, is gay. Rob Marshall. Yes, I did is. not know that. Okay, I, I like Nicole. My response to that was, "Yes, we can." We I mean, look at him. it we makes sense. To him. Like if, as a, if you look at his photography, it's just like Chicago memoirs of a geisha. Yeah, uh, nine. I mean that people the, the set piece into the woods. People poo poo on nine, but when I tell you that is my the, movie, I, I love I mean, nine. So often we'll watch that movie and be like, be Italian. I mean, yeah, Fergie's Fergie's set piece alone is probably like the gayest thing I've seen in like modern cinema. I'm not kidding. People poo-poo on that movie so much, but I think that movie and discovering Dita Von Teese like formed my adolescence where I was like, oh my God, I want to be Sophia Loren. Like I was probably the only Mm -hmm. kid where everybody else was like, I want to be Britney. I want to be Christina. And I was like, I want to be Dorothy Dandridge, Sophia Loren. Anita yes. Eckberg, like, hey, I would. Yes. I don't, <laughs> people like that are iconic for a long, long time. You know what I mean? Oh, I, I mean, think. listen, when I tell you that was literally the art direction I gave for Miss USA, I was like, so you know when Anita Eckberg gets out of the fountain and like this poor Venezuelan <laughs> oh, baby was like, what? Love it. <laughs> I was like, that's what I want. <laughs> 
uh just quoting my favorite movie of all time love that i mean it's um yeah i mean i i agree with you guys that it's not the pinnacle of it by any means it's actually one that i don't ever really rewatch. i don't have a desire oh, to really that much. wow it's yeah same. it's one of the ones where a lot of times when people are like you're a disney adult i'm like yeah i get it i like i <laughs> truly only fell back in love with it because of my friend so then mm-hmm. I was like, mm. I went to, so people would always be like, oh, like you said, Nicole, oh, do you rewatch the movie? Never. If she's not on stage yeah. doing it, I, no. Interesting. Yeah. I, I think the bits of it are fantastic, but as a whole, it's not something that I enjoy as a whole, if yeah. that makes sense. I mean, maybe part of the reason uh, why I like it is it's a short watch. It is a breezy watch. Like you're in, you're out. Like it's like what? Like an 87 yeah. minute long that film, is true. I think? It's very short. I think it's one of the best scores. Uh, the songs but also the score like the music like when you know the ship um the ship the fish escapes the ship and he goes down and then the piano begins like every time i hear that music it gives me chills Mm. i just think it is truly a beautiful score by alan menken we got to give this guy the props that he deserves uh i think yeah he that and beauty and the beast might be i think the best scores of all the disney Mm. ones beauty and beast is a good one yeah yeah Yeah, i just i think think it's beautiful music for me hercules is the top of the alan menken like Mm, scores and soundtracks and then yeah and then i probably put like i mean yeah i I love the hercules it's tough now that you throw that at me though it's so tough i mean pocahontas is great exactly (laughs) that one wait is that that one is getting a live action remake right i think it is like but with guy Ritchie, which i'm just like oh that might be yeah that's kind of i don't need that but okay man sure yeah yeah. What's the next one? Is it Moana? I think it's Moana. No. Which, Why which they, I'm convinced which the only reason Moana's happening is because Dwayne Johnson knows we're all so mad at him about Black Adam. So he was like, yeah. I'll fix yeah. it. I'm Maui. Yeah. And there it is. <laughs> yeah, no, I, yeah. I, I agree yeah. with you a million percent. I, I also feel like he wants to make sure that he's the one who does the role and like you can yes. only you can yes. only have his body for I mean a, a short amount of time before like age catches up on you. You I know mean, what I mean? Truly. Like, it's like sir. I yeah. I mean, we'll probably get into it, but there is, I think there's a beautiful way in these remakes for the people who originated it to come back in a way that mm-hmm. makes you go like, oh, okay, cute, yeah, but yeah. not like, yeah. and it allows you to introduce new talent. I, I thought they did a really good job in this movie with being like, everybody here knows that this girl is in this movie and we all approve because look, here's, mm-hmm. you know, here's all these OGs that are, you know, giving their blessing. Yeah. You know what? Let's I think we've all seen the original. It's classic, blah blah blah. Let's get to the new one because that's what we're really here for. Yeah, right. Uh, you know, when they did Beauty and the Beast in 2017 and then they got to Lion King in 2019, we knew it was a matter of time the Little Mermaid was happening. I don't know. And I think Did we know it was a matter of time because I feel like the Little Mermaid was I a think hard so. one. The problem I with the Little too. Mermaid is under the sea like being literally under the sea makes yeah. it like it's going to be a CGI fest. Did we want that? Yeah. Then we got the little well, the Lion King. For We're me, like, I guess they're okay with a CGI fest. For me, Jungle Book is my favorite live action adaptation. And I think Mine when too. that happened, I was like, this is going to be beautiful. I mean, it's why I thought the Lion King was going to be amazing. Because I was like, John Favreau did mm. such a good job with Jungle Book. And then he scared the piss out of me with the Lion King. And I was <laughs> like, yeah. I was like, I mean, sir, you had everything in your favor. Seth Rogen, Beyonce, <laughs> like you had Beyonce. Ed- Donald Glover. You had everything. And people still were like, I don't like this movie. <laughs> Please well, don't make me watch And there's it. a big difference. And the major difference is like the Jungle Book, the main character is still a human who's just interacting yes. with CGI mm-hmm. beasts. Yep. Where yep. 
the jung- uh, the Lion King, you have just CGI beasts yeah. and stuff. And that was a major fault. But I, too, was like ready for Jon Favreau to blow my mind with the Lion King. I was just so, so disappointed. Yeah. I was... I was very much. I think I like. That's kind of when I became more hardened in the podcast. I was overall. kind of like you were like yes, the word. Absolutely. I didn't know Little Mermaid was next, but when it got announced, because they had been kind of like, eh, my immediate response was like, oh no, not another one. And then I think when Hallie got announced, my immediate reaction was, oh god, now you guys are just setting her up for failure. Like, oh great, mm. like you're putting her in something that is gonna be trash and. Now we're gonna have to fight back of like, no, the movie itself was trash, not her. And right, you know, right, yeah. yeah. I just it made me so nervous. Well, so the first person that got attached to it was the director Rob Marshall, yep. and I mean, every single film that he's cast, he's always caused controversy with his casting. Richard Gere in a musical, oh. Meryl Streep in Into the Woods, that was Daniel Day Lewis in Nine. Like now he's that you're always saying it is yeah. hitting me that I'm like, yeah, I can't w- believe, yeah. I, yeah, but meanwhile, Richard Gere with now, ladies and gentlemen, a tap dance. Billy Brilliant. Prince. I mean, yeah, yeah. he was great. But they killed it, yeah. yeah. But when you watch the films and you see it, like, you see what he saw in it. Yeah. You know, so there's, like, I don't know why it always happens to him. So when they <laughs> said Rob Marshall was going to direct her, I'm like, oh, he's going to piss some people off. And sure and enough. Boy, howdy. <laughs> I know. He, I, was I think like, more than we ever. <laughs> I mean, I think what's I mean, funny is he is so skilled at what he does. That yeah, I knew he was gonna like piss people off, right? Because it. I remember when Chicago got announced, I was like, Catherine Zeta Jones. Like even as a kid, mm-hmm. I was like, Yeah, huh? And then Renee Zellweger. Yeah, yeah, and now I'm convinced it's one of the greatest Broadway adaptations to film. Like the way yep. he, absolutely the way he does it so well that right, the whole complaint is people are singing their feelings. It's like none of these women are right in the head. If she is seeing mm-hmm. every, she is having psychotic breaks in real yeah, time. Yeah. And seeing a musical, and you're like, oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so yeah. I think I very much was like, oh, he's going to cast the best person, right? Like, that was my, I had the same thing you had, Nicole, where I was like, oh, he's, he's going to piss people off because I was like, he's going to pick who he likes. Like, he's not going yeah. to put out a casting call that's like every redheaded singer. It was literally going to be like, if you can sing, show up. If you're Dua Lipa, come. If you're Halle Bailey, mm-hmm. come. If you're, Jesse J, show up. Like, well, pull Lindsay up to the Lohan. audition. Lindsay Lohan <laughs> pulled Lindsay that stunt yeah. where she posted a picture of her dressed as a little mermaid on Instagram, I think. Because uh, she wanted... She, you, remember how Pete, uh, how Michael Jackson wanted to be Peter Pan? Yes. <laughs> Similar, same vibe. Yeah, same I like energy. how Lizzo kept pitching herself as Ursula. <laughs> like, she just would make various oh. videos of herself in her pool, like, laughing. And I was That's... Like, I did. She, that would have been a. She yeah, would have been a good Ursula. That would have been, 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 yeah, been great. Yeah. But a I, I think I've. I don't know when it, the casting was announced. My first thought was, oh, that's the best person he saw. Like it. I. I really didn't think to myself like Disney sent down an edict that was like we want you to go for a, yeah. a non-white cast. I really was like, oh damn. Okay, so this must have been the best person. Like here we go. And yeah. I think that's why yeah. I was so shocked when people were like. No, and I, I instantly was like, "Oh, none of you have heard the Bailey sisters sing." Then, if your first reaction to this is no, I was like, "Of all the R and B vocalists, like that—that's mm-hmm. who I would pick." Well, I've yeah. only, I, I, I actually didn't know who Halle Bailey was when she was announced. I also didn't know Rob Marshall was attached to it, so I had just heard <laughs> the controversy around it, and I was like, "Oh my god, it's just a black area. Like, it's not a big deal. There's no point. Like, why are people having like a conniption?" 
about this. And mind you, this is like early. This is like 2019. Almost yeah. three years yeah. ago at this point. Yeah, it's been years of this. People yeah. I think we covered it. I think we may have covered the news on the podcast like when we it did. was announced. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you forgot about it because like it's, it was in post for so long. I'm yeah. Assuming, you know, CGI. But it's not until the trailer drops that you see again all this hostility come towards the casting of Halle Bailey. And I it's mean, wild that it's just like, wow, you guys just had three years to get over it. We didn't. I think, yeah. I think what's really fascinating, there's like a couple things. One that was really funny to me was this whole like, well, how would you feel if Princess Tiana was played by a white person? And it's like, okay, okay. Now we've got to do dumb straw man argument debates where I'm like, Tiana is based off of Leo Chase, who's a real person. Mulan mm-hmm. is based off of a real person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, these people mm-hmm. are based off of real humans in which their actual ethnicity and cultural background is relevant to the story. The same thing when people would be like, well, how would you feel if the Black Panther was white? And I was like, first of all, I love mess. I'd love to see it. I would love to see a white man who's grown up <laughs> in the borders of an African country that's never been colonized. I'd like a background on how he got there and what's going on. I would love to see him speaking Tosa and like talking about vibranium and eating fufu with people. That would be hilarious. But if we're talking about a god that is native to its place, it's called Thor. Like, why are we acting? Why are we just getting selective memory? And then the mm-hmm. other part of the controversy that made me laugh is people were like, well, it's, it's a Dutch story. And I was like, there are black Dutch people. Mm-hmm. Like, literally. I'm like, there are redheaded black people. I'm like, Journey Smollett is right there. You can go watch Eve's Bayou and see the hair that is growing out of her head is bright red <laughs> in that film. It was just such a weird, like, it's one of those things where I knew the controversy was coming, but like you, Rolando, I was like, we've had three years. Weren't y'all yeah, mad yeah. about this? And tw- you still have this energy. And 23 years later, you're re- you came ready to fight. <laughs> I mean, about a trailer. <laughs> unfortunately, the political climate doesn't help the situation no. because all we've gotten in the three years has gotten more divisive. But like at a certain point, it's a film. Like there are bigger problems in the world. True. Like you know? I think that's yeah. the part that like really gets me is this whole like, well, give original stories. And I'm like, here's the thing, guys. Nobody complains, myself included, when Stanley Tucci is basically playing Andre Leon Talley in The Devil Wears product. That's a real mm-hmm. person being played by Stanley Tucci. I'm like, we all know that Sir Ben Kingsley played Gandhi. Like, guy, like mm-hmm. my other favorite is when people were like, I just want a redhead. Like, why couldn't you call Sophie Turner? And I'm like, Sophie Turner dyes her hair red. So where is, mm-hmm. where, yeah. like, I just, I had a she woman- She's a girl from com- Game of Thrones, right? Sophie Turner? Yeah, I had a woman okay. in the comment section tell me, she goes, I don't know if it's this, I, this is my favorite. I had to turn my phone off after this. She goes, I don't know if racism is the same, but gingerism is real. Gingerism. And oh I said, oh I said, my. well, you know what? It's time for me to lock off because today is one of those days. <laughs> Ma'am, you just rem- said to me, I don't know if racism is that bad. <laughs> that is the start of a sentence that is already going left. But yes, gingerism is real. <laughs> where were you when South Park wow. dropped that very racist, gingerist episode? I mean, I died. Yeah. About Gingivitis. Yeah. I, yeah, I truly <laughs> died. That I was like, the reaching. I just was like, are you hurting your, yourselves with the level of reaching that you all are doing completely unprompted? Yeah. Like, what is going that, on? Yeah, that is most certainly like one of those self-inflicted wounds. Like, you know that picture yes. of the person riding the bike and then they put a stick in the wheel and they're like, ah, yeah. oh, <laughs> damn, whatever minority they're yeah. trying to like curse. And yeah. You know, they yeah. do it themselves. You know? It really was. Like, yeah. it was just really funny to me that people were like, 
oh, you got to get rid of Ariel. And I was like, I promise you that most of you have never thought about the Little Mermaid a day mm-hmm. in your life. Like, Seriously, yeah, yeah. Second I mean, in your life. It's just crazy the things that people get worked up over. You know, when Idris Elba was rumored to be a replacement for James Bond, people lost their shit. Oh, yeah. right. That for some reason, one. because, yeah, James Bond. I mean, people cared that Daniel Craig was blonde, first of all, when he became James Bond because he was traditionally not a blonde. Which I yeah, love. Yeah, that, like, that was a thing. But yeah, I remember <laughs> this, and I remember people being like, because James Bond is a brunette, and it's like, I don't know, I'm about to say some controversial stuff, guys, this but is... James Bond is not a real person person <laughs> seriously made, he is a make-believe person from this man's head what is going yep. on it's just it's always really funny to me that like this pre- i mean but it happens like right with star wars and any of these fandoms is that people come out of the woodwork yeah ghostbusters, ghostbusters like, women yeah. would never be able to fight ghosts i'm like yeah. Based, on, yeah. based on what fact we're the most suspicious people ever like come on <laughs> we would probably have felt intuition that the ghost was here well before we got our equipment out we'd be like this place is cold colder than usual yeah there's a ghost here <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah but like then we celebrate movies like I love this movie but the king and I you know Yul Brenner yes is playing mm. the king of Siam yeah. it, he is not Thai right <laughs> Rita Moreno is his <laughs> wife right she is Puerto Rican you know but and yet we have no problem with those yeah. things and we had no and problem with the double with standard of it Maria all. I think and maybe it's because Maria. of our age but I feel like Rogers and Hammerstein did an adaptation of Cinderella on our televisions in the 90s that, yes. And I always say, and nobody asked a single question of how yep. Pablo Montalban had Whoopi Goldberg and Victor Garber <laughs> as his parents. Like, as no, parents, nobody yeah. Nobody ever said, how, yeah. where, did, where did this boy come from? Everybody just went, oh, wow. Bernadette Peters had the stepdaughters that she had and Brandy Norwood as Cinderella. Mm-hmm. And everybody just went, mm-hmm. well, it's a fairy. Because I feel like this idea of, well, it's a fairy tale. Okay. It, Brandy's got the vocal Bible, of course. Of course, Whitney mm. Houston is the fairy godmother. Who else do you want screaming in your face a song about believing in yourself? Whitney Houston. Yeah. Like, Impossible. Yeah. Oh, that's like, such a good song. I think yeah. it's almost, I feel like people feel they have to have outrage at the same time. So, like, rather than just being like, oh, I'll wait and see. Oh, didn't expect this yeah. girl to be Ariel. It instead was like, not my Ariel. This Ariel's going to pollute the water. This Ariel's eating watermelon. And it's like, really? Oh, my God. Really? Jesus. Oh, yeah. oh, I had to leave a lot of, like, the Disney groups I was in for the parks because just, like, the comments. Like, my favorite was one woman who wrote Wednesday night. She It's like somebody was, like, super excited to see The Mermaid. And she was like, I heard it's the worst movie ever. And everybody in the group was like, who saw the movie? Because the movie's not out yet. So who yeah. in your friend group got an advanced screening invitation? <laughs> and she was yeah. like, well, yeah. it's just everybody I've talked to. And we're like, who'd you talk to? Mm. Is his name Tucker? Yeah. I, you're going to let somebody <laughs> else make up your mind for you? Yeah, yeah. nice, nice. Like, <laughs> going back to Rogers yeah. and Hammerstein Cinderella, it, the TV movie was choreographed by Rob Marshall. Rob Marshall. There you yeah. go. That makes it sense. It all comes back full circle. Yeah. He also did the Annie uh, movie. Um, Is that okay. Kathy Bates? Happened, so, yeah. The sorry was Kathy Bates in that one? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Huh? Yeah. Yep. That's a good one. Like that. Um, it's just you know Americans 
I, people in general don't like change and people no. react violently to change and yeah. the only way you can grow as a person is change so you know we wonder why our mm-hmm. society is just not doing well at all and it's because of things yeah. like this i always like, say people, on, guys, there are people more important have things. a real hard time being i hate that co- that term flip-flopper it's like you can be presented with new information and be like huh like i felt that way about people that i kept saying like okay fine you hate you hated a 30 second trailer all right go off sis like if you go to the movie and you're still like uh i hated it okay valid and i'm like but please go to this movie and see like this woman's voice is otherworldly like yeah get into the gig you know because on the flip side of the controversy there are people who could not wait to see this movie yeah you know myself people who could not wait to to see actually like oh wow something that is more catered to me right yeah more catered to like a whole group of people who haven't had too many movies fucking catered to them before. yeah yeah well, so, so to that point uh so nicole mckenzie where did you guys fall like were you guys super excited for this film to come out or were you like because i know i mean nicole you and i cover the podcast so like i feel like it was more like uh, another remake another disney yeah. like another we watch all disney the disney remake. ones I was, and they just have not been good recently so i, was, I well, like I said, I was super nervous and I was like, oh, great. They've set this poor girl up for failure. And then I saw the trailer and I was a mess. I was a mess. Like I mm-hmm. cried so hard that I was like, and I kept being like, are you okay? Are you all right right now? And then it's like, I don't know. I, I've talked about it a bunch with people, but like you don't realize how much you want to see something until mm. you actually see it. Right. So like, yeah. Like I said, I grew up a swimmer. I dressed as a little mermaid. I remember walking around my neighborhood that Halloween and nobody knowing what I was. And I felt like, are all adults stupid? Because it's very clear. I have a red wig, a seashell bra, and a tail. But, like, people couldn't get past, like, what are you supposed to be? And it was like, what do you mean what am I supposed to Are you blind? And so I think, like, (laughs) something about, like, my inner child saw her and was like, oh, my God. Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! And yeah. so, yeah, just yeah, processing yeah. that has it. T- you know, I when did the trailer drop? Like last year. Basically, I had a year to get myself emotionally prepared, and I still <laughs> fell apart in the theater. <laughs> <laughs> well, talking about theater experiences, I mean, I saw The Little Mermaid on a Tuesday at 3 p.m. and it was packed okay. with people mm-hmm. who were insanely excited to see this movie. Yeah, because uh, I actually just came back from Paris, so that was like the in, like the soonest I could see it, and I was I'm like, obsessed. "No, people be here. I'm I'm missing out." People were there. Actually, I had an insanely talkative theater. Um, oh, so. that's awful. I got blessed where, <laughs> unfortunately, I had to be in the front. So my my theater too was almost packed, also on a Tuesday night, and I had to sit in the front row. I was already complaining about that. I had to go complain to the manager because the seat wasn't reclining. And that's the only way I could enjoy the front row like, yeah. if I'm going to be stuck. But mm-hmm. I got lucky where the people next to me, the guy fell asleep. The girl was clearly like very much into the film. Uh, but like the guy, other guy, I could just hear him snoring. So I could deal with a little bit of a snore, but no talkers, thank God. A little a crying baby, but the, the family was respectful enough to like leave immediately. Oh yeah, no, opposite for me. Opposite for me. Um, There was a crying child that cried so hard at the climax with King Triton King Triton dying that like literally like, don't die! Like that. And they did not take the child out. (laughs) 
No, that's an emotionally <laughs> invested child, though. I'd rather that than just like that a whining is. baby. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. No, yeah, they were, but they seemed like they were getting traumatized by this moment. I was like, maybe you should escort your child out and ensure them everything will be okay instead of just letting them watch because it's only going to get worse for the next couple of minutes. So, um, Mackenzie, how yeah. are you lucky enough to so enjoy this film? I had the privilege of going to an advanced screening for this film for oh. something for work. So I got to go to the El Capitan on a Saturday morning. <sighs> Right. God like damn. with a bunch of us. So I'm such a psycho that I had gone to Disney like the week before with the intention of buying my first and only spirit jersey and left out of there with like pretty much all the merch they had. Like I was in no. supermarket suite, like <laughs> went up to the counter and it was so funny because the woman laughed and I go, yeah, I came for a T-shirt and I had like fun codes, extra shirts, like full clothing, dolls, ears. And I said, like, I came for a shirt. And she goes, don't worry, sweetheart a lot of people have come for just a shirt and left with everything. And I was like, okay, great. Um, so yeah, it was wild to be in that theater with like, it wasn't super crowded. I'd never been in the El Capitan. I was crying from the minute the organist started playing songs from the little mermaid. I was like, this is so cool. This is the coolest day of my life. Yeah. And then I was, I needed to be sedated. I haven't cried like that <laughs> at the little mermaid since I saw my best friend in it the first time. Like it mm. was, it will make sense at a li- in about a week. Because when will this come out? Duh, tomorrow. Okay, so in a week, you guys will know why <laughs> I mm. was like, oh my God. It was like I felt the same love and connection to this person that I did my roommate. And so mm-hmm. I just I just was sobbing. Because it was also me just like loving this moment, but also being like, I'm so happy for her. I'm so happy for her. And all this means. Yeah. Like, it was crazy. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. I almost made my contacts fall out of my eyes. It was very silly. <laughs> it was like, ma'am, you need to take a deep breath. Like, put your head between your legs. You're gonna pass out. No, I, but I think that's part of the charm. I think for I mean, when the initial agree. trailer came out, right? Like, I think one of the most beautiful things I saw on TikTok were like the black parents showing like their surprise and mm-hmm. like hysterical black children watching the trailer yeah. for the first time. One that just rings my uh forever i couldn't find her i was trying to track her down to interview her but it was like this young uh mom she filmed her daughter she's like mama that, she looks like me and it was just yeah. like it's just like and it's just like i i don't understand like i understand like white people have had and i'm sorry but white people have had that moment where it's not it does it's not special to them but like for this is like why are you trying to take that away like just yeah. let them yeah like, just let, it's, like, it's the joy you know what was funny to me is like i remember when moana happened and that like opening song and i remember being like oh what's that they're saying at the top and i had this moment where it was like watching maori and like pacific islanders be like that's x language and oh my god like this is the first time i've gone to a movie and like I know like I know the words there I don't need subtitles and it was like the same kind of thing where I'm like why would you take that away from somebody like why would you want to deny them that moment of being like (gasps) of like seeing themselves right Mm -hmm. it's like I don't know it's always really funny to me is that I'm like when you are the default I'm sure equality feels like a burden (laughs) <laughs> like right. it almost feels like an attack as we're for everybody else mm-hmm. we're just like oh we just want to see it at the table we're not like I guess my thing is I've also get upset because I'm like guys you can watch the original if this is so egregious mm-hmm. to you you can just go watch the cartoon Bam. you don't ever yeah. have to no put one's taking eyes... it away from you yeah. and it's not <laughs> like, that much different yeah the quite... Disney vault is gone they're not getting rid of the DVD on a specific day yeah. like <laughs> you can watch it whenever you want <laughs> yeah 
my my theater was filled with black and latinx families yeah. there were children there there were older people um when we first saw Halle Bailey it was a very audible response to her yeah i could tell people were excited to see her mm-hmm. they applauded after part of your world oh Same. yeah i mean and, my screening yeah. we applauded after every number like it was a broadway show i was like this well, is we, why yeah I mean, crazy but look at that like that's an advanced screening in la <laughs> and here's a tuesday afternoon <laughs> screening in jersey city like yep. just the, the excitement you know it, it's it was really special like i turned to the guy who i saw the movie with and i was like I can't believe like I got so lucky yeah. and it enhanced the experience for me. You know, that's why I say it, it felt like an event yeah. that people came out for. Let's talk a little bit about Hale, uh, Halle Bailey's performance as Ariel, because I Ooh, think baby. I'm going to say it like I think her performance of Part of Your World knocks out the 1989 Absolutely. film like easily. And my, it's like my friend had the best line to me is she said, I'm glad the stage show is over because the option she has chosen for this song is not for mere mortals to perform. It's so good. Three, four, it's so five, haunting. six times a day <laughs> in a park, and she was like, "And that is what people expect to hear now." Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's no. such a, it's such a beautiful. The way she just sang it was. Uh, I mean, <sighs> you believe she's a siren? Absolutely. You know, oh, one yeah. million percent. No, I was like, "Oh, yeah. she can lure people to their death with a voice mm-hmm. like that." Like, okay, we got I, it. I think she might be the best casted person to play an iconic Disney character in one I of agree. these live action films. Um, you know, Emma Watson as Belle was fine. I was fine. just oh, about yeah. to say Emma Watson because <laughs> I always feel like people went, "She's very smart. She's at Brown. She should play Belle." And it's like, is that what meh. Oh, meh. okay, Belle has to sing. yeah. And then they're like, Lily James is beautiful and thin and gorgeous. She should be mm, Cinderella. Yeah. And I'm like, uh, oh, meh. okay. Naomi Scott. Meh. They were like, people don't know what part of the Middle East this story is held in her. Like, yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, just kind yeah. of like. Like even like I said, I love Beyonce, but even I was like, why is Beyonce Nala? What? So Nala, <laughs> like, if Nala's supposed to be like yeah. a girl from your hometown kind of energy, like you pick Beyonce. <laughs> well, with that, right? yeah. well, hang on. Even with Nala, it's just like, and you're also if you're gonna cast Beyonce. How are you not gonna have her sing? Yeah, like, give truly. her, write her a song. Write a song. So I think, yeah, Hallie is just, she is so talented. She and her sister are two of the most talented people i think like right now in their peer group and i just i don't think they get enough credit so it's exciting to see them both like have this moment no yeah i think she did great and i was worried for the portion of the film where she wouldn't be speaking and she did even better in that portion i think like she really i really felt like i understood how do i say this um what is the complications that would happen if she didn't succeed by her performance in this film? Yeah, like yeah. I understood the stakes. There are yes. small the way choices that, played out. that Rob Marshall made that I was like, that's brilliant. Like he, like this whole note where he was like, I don't have her sign her name because if she can sign her name on a contract under the sea, then why can't she just write this man a note? Like to me, those yeah. kind of, oh, I didn't yeah, those kind that. of little yeah. things that they all paid attention to. Or like, I think Hallie Absolutely. talked about how she had like, a specialty eyelash tech so because she wanted ariel to have very specific princess eyes especially on land so that she could Mm. like emote Mm. more with her i'm just like those are choices and thoughts by like a young actor that you're like that's really smart like yeah yeah just for sure yeah just to be very like i don't know and then i thought they did a good job of making it so that like her character wasn't so naive in a way that you were like oh baby girl why would you give all this up 
for what? Yeah. Like the way that she sold it in a way that you kind of walked away going like, oh, okay, I could see why she wants to explore. Mm-hmm. No, I think the creative choices that were made were really smart. The The film begins with a quote from yeah. Hans Christian Andersen's story, which um, do you guys remember it? It was something, uh, it was something along the mermaids don't cry or mermaids. Yeah. Mermaids cannot cry because they're of the ocean. Because the moment that began, I was like, oh, I see what you're doing. And yeah. that's actually kind of perfect because, I mean, there's a lot of people who criticize The Little Mermaid by saying things like, oh, she gives up everything for a man. Yeah. And I in the past, I was that type of person who was like, uh, it's all about boys. It's a boy crazy movie. It's not for me. But this viewing actually made me realize, actually, it's not about a boy. It's about yeah. being true to who you are. Yeah. You know, like and having people not accept you for the person that you are, for the different person that you are. And like that, I guess with like everything happening in the world, (laughs) watching it with that lens this time, I was like, oh, wow, I feel like I'm actually seeing it. Like for the first time. So I had those revelations, right, at moments where I have said many times that just the daughters all being different races finally made Mm. it hit for me that, oh my God, they're supposed to be the seven C's trident's daughters Mm. are like for the first time ever watching the film i put together because i was always like wow they had a lot of babies like him and him and (laughs) mrs mrs triton and then this was like the first time i had this revelation of like oh my god they're the seven seas the same thing with the way they had eric and ariel i was like oh the whole underlying story is like they both have a love and appreciation for where the other one exists but their parents are afraid mm-hmm. of the unknown of that community versus their own community. A lot of stuff took on like thoughtful meanings. And I had, I remember yeah. somebody said to me about it cause they also went to a screening for work and they were like, Oh, the movie just felt like it was like insisting on a message. And I go, I don't think it is. I think it's just existing, but because things are in place, like Ariel is black, Eric is white. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, she, yeah. like the system, like because these things, are happening but now this one subtle change is made it's it's no different than right when they bought back 24 and they made the character black and and when he takes off to run somebody invariably stops him every time he starts running in public and they're like hey where are you going it's like oh, you're not mm, doing yeah. any like you're not doing a big grand like this is the change we've made but those things start to feel different when all of a sudden you're putting together whose mouth they're coming out of like what yeah. the setting looks like yeah it just it was very i liked it i liked how it took on a different tone yeah i think there were no, also absolutely. some plot changes that like not plot changes but like little yeah. details that kind of change how people are acting so for example part of the spell is that she has forgotten that she has to kiss the prince which i uh, thought that was because it made it work because they both equally liked each other mm-hmm. so there should be no like in no world does Halle bailey end up in front of that man and he's not like she's into me going for it so like right adding that made it make sense because it's like oh well if he's into her and she's into him like why haven't they kissed yet kind of thing as where i feel like in the cartoon eric's kind of like there's a very silent woman here who's following me everywhere okay girl you can come if you want to (laughs) like you Mm -hmm. just you had to add that element because if they both mutually enjoy each other's company and want to learn it's like okay then this would explain why that hasn't happened yet and the other yeah. added element was the power of her voice that I think yes. they gave 
some substance to, which again makes it a big reason as to why Ursula will want to keep the voice. When yeah. you think about it, you're like, oh, well, she has a siren's voice that can heal people, apparently. And, uh, but not just that, but like her voice is so beautiful that of course it will disenchant you. So, and I like that they made Ursula yeah. and Triton brother and sister. Yeah. made the why does she hate him so much thing kind of make mm-hmm. more sense if that. Like, I think this whole yeah. argument that, like, the Daughters of the Seven Seas and all, it made me go, oh, okay, so if he's the king of the sea, his sister would be, like, the bottom of the ocean, like, would represent, like, the, you know, the portions of the ocean that scare us kind of thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like Hades and Zeus kind of thing. Exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, you know, there's one thing that they did do that they planted, but I feel like they didn't deliver on is the mom. They mentioned the mom yeah. a couple times. Yeah. Well, I think... And- so- I think the mom was killed by a human, by a right? fisherman. That's yeah. what, yeah, that's what caused. Yes, but then there's the also this whole thing with Ursula that she's been down secluded down there for 15 years, the exact age that oh. I assume corresponds yeah. with Ariel. So maybe she was responsible for the mom's death, right? Oh. So it seemed like they were going somewhere with it, where they kind of just left that like unplanted, and that's also why King Triton is so like they're savages, yeah, more so because of like the specific event that happened. Well, it's not the biggest deal. It didn't well, ruin the movie for me. Yeah. But um, I do not spoil think, the fun. Well, I mean, I told you guys okay. my favorite little Easter egg is when Scuttle flies in the window right at the start of it's, uh, what's yeah. the Scuttlebutt and says, "Did she kill the mm-hmm. prince yet?" Because I was like, "Oh, that's such a great nod to the, the bo- like the original story." And then at the end, when he lays her dress in the water, like when they get separated, that felt very much like a nod to the sea foam thing mm-hmm. that he like mm-hmm. put this tattered dress and let it like float out to sea. So I was like, yeah. "Oh." Okay, yeah, cute. No, for sure. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, say in terms of maybe the reason they kept that hidden is because Rob Marshall has said, it's like, oh, yeah, no, I'm very much open to sequels if this one does well. Of course. And I think the studio is. So there you go. You may get I your mean, answers. Oh, look at that. I, mean, okay. like, I don't sequel. blame him, though. I mean, I would. No, I don't think I'm looking forward to Little Mermaid 2, but I can see why Rob's <laughs> like, because my mom said the same thing. My, my mother dragged my poor 81-year-old father to the movie theater. And what I love is apparently my dad also cried in the theater, as my mom Aww. has told me. Aww. Yeah, my mom was like, yeah, your father was, I thought he was like doing something or like messing with like something in his pocket and she was like i realized he was crying and he didn't want me to see but but my mom was so That's funny she adorable. goes she goes i want a movie about each of those seven sisters i need like the girl from <laughs> yes Christmas. yes, yes. She, goes, she goes i want to know about tamika what's tamika in charge of i like tamika like she was so funny when she kept being like yeah. i want to know what the icy blonde story is like is she running like norway and mm-hmm. greenland and i was like Mom, what are you yeah. talking about? And I'm sure they'll get answered in a Disney Plus original series. Exactly. You know. Oh, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> you know they will. I, I love what they did with the sisters because in the original film, you know, they're just there for the opening number, and we never see them again. Right. Yeah. And here, they're a little bit more present, but they're also like they're the older, wiser. They set up Ariel's position within her family better, and you know, their understanding of her. They are yeah. like kind of like did the like older. That. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I know a lot of people are like. The haters of this film and everything about it you know they're kind of like oh this movie's too much of like a rainbow with everybody holding fucking hands but like me and Mackenzie were saying earlier Rolando is that I think it actually establishes the story really well yeah like these are two complete outcasts mm-hmm. within their realms you know like uh Eric can't relate to his mother yeah she can't understand him mm-hmm. you know Ariel can't relate to Triton and Triton can't you know relate to her yeah. so there's all these people who feel so separated and misunderstood and un seen and unheard in their environments which is a powerful message i think the hardest i cried and i'm you know sorry if this is a spoiler is just that end shot like 
my yeah. whole theater had the same reaction where we all giggled when Triton was in the water floating and being like, I'm going to miss you. And then he was like, we're all here. I don't know why this broke me, but the shot of like mermen and mermaids Mer with light skin. It was just the idea yeah. that like everybody was present. And for some yeah. reason in my head, I just felt like, oh my God, this isn't just like a black mermaid. This is now like little boys who've said, I want to play mermaid. And everybody's like, there are no mer male mermaids and all this stuff. I just felt like, yeah. oh my God, she's looking back at like the legacy she's created, which is anybody can be a mermaid. Mm -hmm. Now we're off on yeah. our next adventure. Yeah. And and it was it was so sad too because it was like, oh wow, if only this could be like real life. Right. <laughs> Where like oh. everyone would stand by you and support you. That blew my mind yeah. when they looked back and it was like the people I don't yeah, that broke me too. I was just like, we would all yeah. be a lot happier if we would just do what this movie says. <laughs> <laughs> no, one hundred percent. I gotta say though, one of my favorite things that this movie did was Melissa McCarthy plays Ursula. Yeah. And I was kind of Assuming that this movie would do what Aladdin did, which is it would change up the ending, but it doesn't do that. It no. actually completely does almost shot for shot and sometimes yes. what the original film does, which was kind of Im really impressive, mm -hmm. even though I mean like this movie coming out after Avatar Way of Water kind of, you know, didn't make the CGI look that great at sometimes, but whatever. No, I'll be it's a good thing I it. haven't seen it yet. <laughs> but when Ursula turns into Vanessa, Vanessa is white. Yes. And I thought that that was such a fucking brilliant choice. Thank you. Because I have known so many non-white women who have been in love with white men. And they always talk about how they feel like they will always be turned aside because a white man at the end of the day will always marry a white woman. Oh. And so when she walks over and she had this great day and fell in love with this great guy that she actually connected with, and she sees he's about to go and marry this random white woman... I was like, yo, fucking triggered. Man. I had a moment of delusion <laughs> in the theater where in my, as I'm watching, as we're moving the plot forward, I went, okay, so Melissa McCarthy's white. Are they going to make Vanessa still white? And so I had a moment where I was like, because people had talked about how Hallie had worked out with Chloe. And I was like, <gasps> Chloe was in London. Chloe's, Chloe's Vanessa. So I was like, oh my God, this is going to be wild. And then when the actress that plays her came out and opened her mouth, I was like, I had a similar reaction to Cole in which I was like, oh, this is so spot on this, that this, this white lady, deep. in order to succeed, <laughs> has just opened yep. her mouth and this black woman's voice just came out. And, and I think what's funny is even watching people be like, Vanessa's song is amazing. Best part of the movie. I loved Vanessa. And I'm like. What you like mm -hmm. about Vanessa is Hallie's voice. Oh my what? God! You all said literally. Who are like, these people saying that Vanessa's song is my favorite? It's like the people are literally on like, TikTok being like, "Guys, unexpected hit of the film, Vanessa." And oh, I'm like, no. "That is like, coded message." Those, yeah, and I, those are I yeah. Yeah. That like is the a coded whistle. message where I'm like, "This is crazy to me that you all are like." The thing I liked most was the, was the white girl who's who had Hallie Bailey's voice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm, uh uh. No. Like, no. That's like saying. But it was just one of those. It's one of those nods that I felt like, if Rob is not being intentional, go off. Exactly. I, that's why I was intentional, like intentional, living for this moment. Yeah. Yeah. No. I. I think he. I think he was putting stuff too. in there. I do too. I think he. I think that's why when people were like Lizzo and Titus Burgess and all these other people to play Ursula, I don't think it was a mistake that he was like no. 
Mm-hmm. I like the yeah. idea of I like the idea I of this agree. white lady stealing this black girl's voice. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about that a little bit because Eddie, as we were leaving the theater, his exact words when we were leaving together, he's just like Melissa McCartney did a good job, but she was also probably the safest choice for yes. this film, without mm. a doubt. Because yeah. I, now knowing Rob Marshall, I'm just like, yo, Queen Latifah was right there. We know she has performed yeah. this before. Same, same. <laughs> I had the exact same reaction where there were so many people in my mind that I was like, well, you cast Hallie and now you're going to cast like Melissa McCarthy to be the the witch that steals her voice and and Uh then this guy to be Prince Eric. But then, like you said, Nicole, I hadn't even thought about that, but that is so spot on that like as black women, I know for myself in dating world, you do have to kind of feel out like, so do you date people that don't look like your mom? Mm -hmm. And they're like, Uh sure. And then you're like, okay, so who are your exes? And then they're like, insert Eastern European woman here. And you're like, you know, and you're just like, oh no, what do we do? Yeah. And and no, but even to that though, I think the other thing is just like, if you made Ursula, so I, you know, I wanted a queer person to play Ursula, like uh, have like maybe a drag queen. But Eddie points out, I was like, yeah, but if you have a drag queen, now you're making the, 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 the other already yes. the bad guy like oh yes. like that's just mm, gonna be yes absolutely uh, that might not be the best message to put out there if you really think about it and he made me realize like okay that's true despite the fact that I would probably be on Ursula's side being like you know what straight people have they're taking so much away from us so I like, live for that that it did feel like a moment though when Ursula's kind of like oh you know you land people you know it's like oh you get yeah. like it did feel very yeah. like oh you straights you're obsessed yeah. with your marriage I mean, yeah, yeah. I just think it was a funny way, in a sense, where they could. I'm just like hats off to Rob Marshall for being like. There's a lot of really good low hanging fruit in here to have to put in, like moments that nod to other things, but I don't yeah. have to say them outright, right? It's like that moment when she's just like, "Oh, boy meets girl, girl meets boy. you." Just have to be together. That it's like that's funny. That's mm-hmm. funny that you're just yeah. like. That she's like, she was good. She made me laugh. Yes. I think she did. I think she made it her own. I mean, because like Pat Carroll's performance as Ursula in the original is iconic. Yeah. Yes. I think it's one of the best villain performances. And like, it's hard to think of Ursula and not think of that voice. So Melissa McCarthy was smart and yeah. she made it her own. Absolutely. You know what's funny? Which is when, sometimes... when the controversy started, I thought, because I was like, Ariel is what she is. To me, she was always the, you know, throwaway of the whole thing. I cared most about who's Sebastian. I thought the controversy was going to be Sebastian doesn't have a thick Jamaican accent mm-hmm. and Melissa McCarthy isn't campy enough. So I genuinely, when people are like, Holly, I was like, Oh, well that's who cares. We yeah. should all be yeah. more opinionated about Ursula. Like that's the one <laughs> that's we all true. care about. Yeah. Well, yeah, well, Sebastian, yeah. David Diggs as Sebastian yeah. actually mm-hmm. was another just well thought yeah. out casting i think he's so great he's so wonderful charismatic and it's uh, i've seen him in the snowpiercer i've seen him yeah on the on the disney plus hamilton i've listened to him many times on hamilton oh my god right? so, so many like times. i know i'm actually and i'm so i think he was wonderful as sebastian i think he was able to make sebastian also his own yeah which is something i think that's part of the charm of this film this film feels nostalgic but also still feels like it still had its own voice yeah. yeah you know yeah they did like i mean listen and i have feelings about aquafino but even she grew on me by the end oh, of that yeah. she grew on me too yeah, yeah. Where yeah. i was like yeah i was like nora i'm gonna give you a pass today <laughs> today is the day i let you go in peace but come aquafino. around here again on some stuff 
Aquafina has a stronghold on Disney because she's in she a Marvel really movie. Does. She's I think she's in an upcoming she's in Elemental, yes. right? Yes. She was Raya and now this. I'm just like, girl, like I don't know what secrets you know, but Yeah. I'm like, I don't know what you had on Bob Chappick, but hopefully Iger can wrestle it away from you. But I mean, <laughs> they made it work. Like I was very like, I mean, dig Aquafina, Jacob yeah. Tremblay. And then it just ended up being like super cute and it worked. Oh yeah, no, for sure. I think yeah. The only most jarring thing for me was uh, Sebastian, not Sebastian, uh, Flounder, just the animation. He looked a little dead eye when he's looking yeah. at you. And it was just a little, little. creepy. There's a scene yeah. where like she's playing with him. Like it's like, oh, little feet. And, stuff, and it looks like she's just abusing yeah. a fish. You know I, mean, I mean, but that's <laughs> when, when they turn these into like real like animals. You're just like, oh, this is terrifying. Like this it fish, is. Does, this fish has no eyebrows and can't emote. Oh no, <laughs> I don't like it's it. It's the moment. Yeah, it's the moment I wanted. It's just like, give me puppetry. Give yeah. me like, you know, give me a Muppet here to play this role at least. Yeah, yes, absolutely. Nephew, that would have been know? great. That would have been great. That yeah. was the part that so, I did struggle with with Under the Sea, where you're like, oh, these are realistic sea turtles. Oh, the sea anemones are not playing instruments. They are. Yeah, yeah. right. Where's the Where's the theatricality? <laughs> yeah. I mean, but whatever. Looked, visually, it was a visually thrilling scene, but like, yes. I miss like the whimsy of. Yeah, the I miss the oh, the blowfish yeah. blows of the '89. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I think Kiss the Girl translated actually really well to live action. So um, well. I think that did. That was that was probably the best, other than maybe part of your world's one. Yeah. Um. Oh, but, but we have to talk me. about. Oh Eric. wait, hang on. The one. Okay, yeah. All right. This leads into Eric. But one of my favorite scenes in Kiss the Girl was when she's stating the name. Yes. I think they did it so romantically when she's like, he's like Aries, and she's just like. That was cute. That I was, that was like, I'm like, oh, this really just. That won made my me heart go. Okay, I can see how y'all fell in love with each other. I, yeah, like, exactly. I fell, mm-hmm. I fell in love with the two of them. I'm just like, let me be a thruple with you guys, please. Like, I mean, this a perfect so Eric cute. example is I was definitely in the um, what is it? I was definitely in the not my Prince Eric camp for sure. <laughs> I was like, mm-hmm. when that image got released, and then that's where I had to check myself, and I was like, you sound like these people complaining about how Hallie doesn't look. Stop it, Mackenzie. <laughs> give it a chance. And then about like a quarter of the way into the movie, I was like, I love Jonah. I love him so much. He's so cute. His song is so cheesy and adorable. <laughs> and like, Yeah. So I have AMC stubs. I get free refills on popcorn. And the moment his song started, I was like, I'm going to get more popcorn. Wow. That's <laughs> so cool. I did kind of miss it. Um, you know, he was fine. I don't know. My big thing is I always have to read, you know, queer undertones, lesbian undertones into movie and stuff, because (laughs) I think every man that women fall in love with is just mediocre. You sound like every Um, red-blooded American. I know. So So that's my own personal thing that I need to stop. He was fine. They had chemistry. And like that scene in particular that you brought up is was actually so well done on Rob Marshall's part. He really spent time with the two of them. You saw their relationship really build out instead of just montaging it. It made sense to me. Like for the like the concept of Mm -hmm. what they're like this idea that I used to always think because of course you get older and you're like you're supposed to fall in love with this man in three days girl you saw him for 30 seconds they made it make sense that it was kind of like they made the rescue make sense Mm -hmm. they made their kind of his just the subtle thing of Eric being just as obsessed with finding the girl from the beach made it Mm -hmm. more interesting to me because prior to this the whole film has just been she's giving up everything she wants to find him he's like who are you whatever follow me and my dog Mm -hmm. around as where in this case he is actively like i think i'm in love with that girl i saw 
in an instant on the beach. And so it made you as the audience go, oh, okay, okay. And Here I we actually go. do think the moment that she sees him becomes a little more powerful knowing that this was the first time she has come up to the surface. Yeah. Like in the actual novelization, where in the Little Mermaid, the animated film, like we get the impression that she has seen man. She has been up yeah. there before. We, I mean, we know. We see her before she sees Eric. Uh, just the here, idea that like, she's getting the stuff from the shipwrecks, ju- like just that little bit of an explanation, like you said, I've never been to the surface. Mm-hmm. I just know what I've seen down here. It did. Mm-hmm. It made it make more sense because prior yeah. to that, you're like, of all the yeah. sailors you've seen now, you're like, oh, like this is like sailor Tinder. You're like, finally, I found one I like. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but I actually do. I agree. I think Jonah was uh, very good. Uh, I think he was good in the film. I, I liked him. I did not care for his musical solo number but i'm also <laughs> it was like the one moment i was just like i don't know if i needed this let's cut this next time we can cut this one out all but, i kept thinking yeah. was i'm glad it wasn't harry styles like i know people oh, really right. love yeah. him Seriously. My one who was the yes. close contender but, and I'm but like, immediately as soon as that song started i went oh i'm so glad it's not harry styles like hanging off yeah. the bow of a ship and then like i was like harry, oh yeah. harry styles is a handsome guy but like i don't think he he you need i don't know like this guy had the face of like you could see of a sailor and harry Styles yeah. was a little too soft i don't think his acting career is going to take off let's just say that oh uh, you had not seen uh, my policeman uh, that's true i missed that i saw don't worry darling i saw enough. i know i'm like i saw um, don't worry darling and that was good yeah. no i'll tell you this much me. don't uh, my police yeah, it's yeah. not that good either <laughs> <laughs> what did we think about the scuttle but I mean, Lin-Manuel Miranda, he's got a hold on do Disney. You know, no other do you composer know how exists. Hard, like, here's the funny thing. You're like, Alan Menken, Alan Menken. Oh, my God, I love this. Alan Menken. And the minute that song started, I went, oh, I forgot Lin-Manuel is also here. But, I mean, it was hi, very, Lin. Good to see you. I, yeah. It made me wonder because I, I actually found out that Lin-Manuel was attached to the project from you, Lindsay, on the Taylor Strucker show. That's when I heard about it. I'm like, oh, oh really? Oh, yeah, so, when I was when, like, I said, guys, get ready. There is a song that will come that you will go hmm, Lin-Manuel is attached to this project yeah yeah I didn't know so clearly like oh wow I hear it but it made me wonder it's just like as I'm listening to it like I wonder if Lin-Manuel thought that he was gonna play Scuttle you know oh god <laughs> you know that probably was like a moment where he was like me and David rapping together again people love that and it's yeah like, and... who loves but that no, Aquafina Stronghold <laughs> Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, no. She was announced in 2019, so I think she was always attached. But I love that read on it for sure. Uh, yeah, no, I. You know what? The song was a little corny, but I didn't. It, it was, was funny because uh, again, because Aquafina's performance, yeah, uh, or vocal performance, yeah, is what she really was good. Made she was that good, film, yeah. but that part, yeah. Otherwise, yeah. It, in the wrong hands, easily would have been. Cringy. I think my favorite thing is that Ariel leaves during that song because I was like, "Mood, girl, mood." Like, she's, <laughs> like they're just like rapping away, and she's like, "Anyway, I'm gonna go." move this plot along and go find Eric. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What did you guys no. think about Javier Bardan as King Triton? I mean, you want to talk about somebody that is regal and fills up space and makes you think like, oh yeah, I could see people would be terrified to tell him anything. It was Javier Bardem. <laughs> I didn't see that coming, but because he's another one that when he got announced, I thought, huh, that's a choice. And then it just weirdly kind of worked. It worked, where, yeah. Where I was yeah. like, oh, okay. So it did work. I won't disagree with you guys on that. I think he was fine. I <laughs> thought that it was actually, I had read somewhere that it was going to be uh, Terry Crews, and I was more excited for that. And I, I would have left. I would have never gone to see the movie if somebody <laughs> had been like, Terry Crews is King Triton. I would have been well, like, well, it's been nice, everybody. I tried. Terry <laughs> Crews has the body 
adi 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 and i feel like he would have but the only thing is like right he's more of a comedic actor so yeah. I don't know if it would have worked but that's just mentally what i was ready for i see javier bernard on screen like wait he's king trident where's where weirdly, is weirdly, I apparently I'm the only person that didn't know Javier Bardem was in the film until like they were doing the press run and then I was like why is Javier Bardem there and people were like because he's Triton and I was like of all the people I know in this film this is the only character I'm just now finding out with everybody else like what <laughs> yeah right <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. I, I think I think my favorite thing, other than everything we've said so far, is also that they distinctly put this in like a specific area. Yeah, I, I would like a presumably yes. Caribbean area. Like right. it worked. I was like, wow, yeah. the story works so well, like with that read onto it. And there's this other <laughs> part of the movie when Ariel saves Eric. A woman in my theater shouted out loud, "A black woman will always save her man," and it was just wow, amazing. I love your theater so much. Ah. Uh, like they were they were living for it you know like, it was it was funny so thing good is like those are the reads that people have when you just make one small tweak it's like the way mm-hmm. i've been joking about mm-hmm. the wicked movie is the concept of it is going to feel a lot different because yeah. i've always joked that i'm like oh wicked's a story about a black lady and people look at you like no she's green and you're like no no sh- she is the only one in her town that looks like this her father is determined to find who turned her skin this color considering that he doesn't you know it's like Things oh. take on like a pinch of a different read. Like I felt that way about the new Peter Pan when everybody was like, "That's a, that's a Mexican kid," and I was like, "I'll be honest, guys, that whole shit on the border and kids going missing, I could a thousand percent believe that like this kid ended up in a mystical place and then was like, I'm gonna go save a bunch of other kids from Wait, this fate I've been through.' He? So he was Latino. I thought yeah, he he's was... supposed to be Latino. Oh, I thought he was oh, uh, Middle Eastern. I didn't. He's no, very I'm, ethnically ambiguous, right? in my opinion. But that makes so, it. Yeah. But again, yeah. these are yeah. weird things that work when you're like, this is a kid that's just magically gone like to this other world. Like nobody's yeah. got mm. questions, and then you're like, oh well, if it was like an immigrant child, of course they snuck off. And now we covered yeah. the Peter Pan uh, not that long ago. What were your quick thoughts on it? Like, what are your? I mean, Yara Shahidi still can't act. I love her, but my God, <laughs> girl, you're never going to be able to shake those allegations ever if you don't pull it together. And then I just loved that Tiger Lily was an indigenous actress. Yes. I, again, it's the way I felt about the Predator thing. It it makes the story make Predator. sense when you're like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So this mm-hmm. is why he came back and wanted all the smoke because he got his ass whooped eons yeah. ago. <laughs> like, yeah. now I got it. Predator true, so true. Good. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the we did we touch upon the the controversy surrounding Melissa McCartney's makeup. No, but okay, I not really. Yeah, oh. I loved it. I thought Carrie Colby did have a good point when it was like you should give queer makeup artists like a chance, especially if you're doing makeup inspired by drag queens. Well, I think the main issue here, uh, Melissa McCartney was under the impression that it was also going to be drag inspired. Yeah. However, the uh, the makeup artist for the film was a cis white man and, and straight. And, yeah. and he the was like, this is, is drama. That, yeah, he was not. And he did not want to give like credit where credit is due. Like we know that the Ursula was inspired by a drag yeah. queen. Uh, he was just adamant. Was like, nah, this is like, what's it called? Like, why can't a straight person do makeup? And yeah, also, I did read that quote where he was like, why do why I have to be queer stri- to understand it? And I was like, oh God, sir. It was a little bit of tone mm. deaf. They got like, I don't, it, obviously so much of the press had revolved or the not press, but like so much of the backlash was really revolving around, uh, unfortunately, Halle Bailey as a black woman playing yeah. Ariel. But like, 
for this for this guy to make that comment, just like it's it, it matters a little bit, like yeah. you know. And the thing is, like Disney's big misstep here was they did that promotional video of like her doing the makeup behind the yes. scenes. Yes. And the big miscalculation here is just like it's not impressive makeup. We've been watching a lot of us have been watching Drag Race for a long time to know yeah. to like yeah, didn't even beat the face. Yeah. Oh, you I know? think, but I mean, it's like that, but that adds to the Ursula of it all, right? Sweet, angelic Ariel with her no mm-hmm. makeup, makeup look and her doe eyes and Triton with his grisly, manly madness under the sea. Mm-hmm. There is something about the dichotomy of like, ma'am, I'm sorry, where under this ocean did you get all this makeup? Why does That's your face true. be like this? Like, it just adds to the absurdity and the difference between like her yeah. and everyone else. It's true. The one thing I will say, the makeup did... I think the reason, and again, part of miscalculation, the reason for that toned down makeup though is because like so much of it was still CGI'd in post. Yeah. It's just like, okay, that's where you get your touches. But like, then don't, don't release that video like trying to hype up the makeup because it was yeah. just not. I really it was thought, a little I, I think sometimes marketing folks release something and they're like, this is going to eat, this is going to kill it. Like, we're going to put this out mm-hmm. and people are going to lose their minds. And instead, everybody was like, boo. I um, hate it. I don't know if you guys were on Twitter <laughs> during the time when like everyone was doing like, how do you serve uh, see you next Tuesday yeah. in an X amount of fashion, right? One of them that came up, one of the prompts was like, how do you not serve see you next Tuesday? And, and it's just like, they like, posted a picture Melissa of her. <laughs> yes. Melissa McCarthy. It's like, <laughs> ask her. <laughs> it's like, oh no. <laughs> and I think what's funny is like, this is a woman who loves and adores drag culture. Like even at mm-hmm. one point early in her career went on stage as a cis woman in drag. So like, I'm sure there was also maybe a moment where she's probably looking in the mirror being like, Oh no, the Queens are going <laughs> to eat me up for this. Oh no. Oh God. <laughs> like, yeah. But yeah. luckily for her, I think her performance for sure saved the character yeah. because I, I think she, she embodied the character pretty well. I, yeah. I, I must say, like, credit yeah, here. I thought it was going to be, you know, lackluster. Yeah. I, I, very much, here we go. Let's start subbing things yeah. up. Like, what were My your feelings was, on the film? <laughs> it was, I have called it Disney Princess Avatar. Like, I definitely was surprised mm. by how much I enjoyed the underwater animation. Mm-hmm. I think my biggest takeaway, the hard part that clouds it is, Hallie is a superstar. So, yeah. like, she could sing the phone book, and I think we'd all be like, give me more so i think my big thing is i enjoyed the movie much like the animated version i don't see myself like watching this once a month or anything crazy but Mm -hmm. it is the movie that like at least gave me faith in these live action remakes since like jungle book and aladdin yeah i think i agree with you wholeheartedly i think this is probably one of the best live action ones Mm -hmm. um but it's that's not saying much because they've all been pretty terrible. Um, um, the Lion King. I don't know King. if it's... <laughs> uh, not Lion, Lion King. King. Jungle Book. I was going to say, you sure it's the Lion King? <laughs> um, Damn animals. Just, I think what Rob Marshall did was... I mean, he did enough of like a, like a homage to the original, but also he amplified it and he made it kind of better. Yeah. In some ways. Yep. So yeah, I yeah, this was easily one of my more recent favorite uh, Disney live action adaptations. So far, mm-hmm. if I had to rank them, my top three are between Jungle Book, uh, this one, and Cruella, which I don't know if that counts wholly because yeah. it's a prequel. But I'm Cruella was such counts, a. But I if like it doesn't it. count, then we can take off Cruella, and I might throw in Aladdin in that mix because yeah. I actually did like Aladdin a lot. But uh, Cru- I think Cruella was a superior film to Aladdin. I think. I mean, yeah, but I don't know if it counts. Yeah. Because Cruella it is like great. a prequel. I was, 
I was one of those people being dramatic, being like, does Glenn Close know you all are making this movie? And then I was like, oh, there's Glenn Close. Okay, Shoots. let me shut up. Uh, <laughs> same. Oh, that actually reminds me. The cameos. There were some cameos from the original yes. cast in the new Little yes. Mermaid. Yes, Did yes. Did you catch them all? I, I, I caught the original Ariel. That's yeah, what I, I caught, caught Jody Benson. That's the only one? Now, was the guy that captured her I think um, he on was the, boat? the original crab. Original. That's who I yeah. thought Sebastian, okay. I think so. I didn't want to... I, I didn't but either. I, I, I mean, it, it was I've like, no sir, anywhere, but yeah, I was like, sir, do like I know them. you? Yeah. <laughs> that was my reaction to the theater. Do I know you? Because it seems like they're really holding on your face for and a the while yeah, there yeah. for me to get it. And the voice was like, it sounded very, it's just like, yeah. when you hear the accent, it was just like, is is that him? Yeah. So yeah, yeah it may be to be determined, I guess. But definitely yeah. Jody Benson makes him the guest uh, a cameo in the montage where we see her like going about town. I think it was a sweet little cameo. It was. I thought it was lovely. Yeah, yeah. I, just, I, I think what I, I really, thought she had died. So I just, like, I was pleasantly surprised like that she's still alive. My mom thinks everybody has left this mortal coil. <laughs> um, <laughs> she will genuinely be like, "He's still here," and I'm like, "Yes, mother." But I think I just I love how much like Jody Benson and Hallie like each other. I don't know. I feel like if the again, it all goes back to when the casting got announced my only concern was my friend who is the mermaid and i was like if she's upset i could totally get it she probably feels like she's out of a job instead she was so excited because she goes oh my god Mm. there can be more friends of ariel now and i was like oh my god you're right and so it's something about seeing jody benson in the film is like hey guys jody feels like this is how she wants the story to continue like she wants Mm -hmm. it to be her and hallie in the mermaid club like if she said she was pissed, I could see how everybody's like, Ugh. but the woman's in the movie. She's at the premiere. She's at everything yeah. being like, yeah. oh, she's not possessive over it. No. Yeah. Share the love. Share the exactly. love. So that's that's a perfect summary to, I think, close it on. Absolutely. Uh, Mackenzie, always, always a pleasure. Guys, tune in when she joins us for Indiana Jones, which, you know, it's going to be it's going to be an interesting one. This is the one. This <laughs> Holding is, our breaths. This is finally the one where I am genuinely nervous to come back to the show because I want to love mm-hmm. this movie. I have dressed yep. as Indiana Jones in pageantry. I Oh, Aww, yeah. That's My awesome. talent in the Miss America system was the Raiders March on Bassoon dressed as a pageant version of Dr. Oh Jones. Oh, my God. Yeah. Do you have a YouTube link to share? No YouTube I must. link, but I have pictures of it. But like, right. guys, I I really want this movie to be good. If it's not, yeah, I yeah. will not be on that episode. I will hide. <laughs> I refuse to say anything mean about Harrison Ford. I love him so much. Yeah, no, lots of thoughts. And yeah, I can't wait, actually. Like, I just, I need it to be over with at this point. So this is it. This and, is a confirmed um, final movie. I don't need this to be like I a, don't know. a Picard I... like situation here where it's just like well, we didn't need three seasons of Picard. One was <laughs> enough. Yeah, seriously, it was enough. Yeah. Yeah. Now, Mackenzie, would you want to join us for Barbie? I mean, you know, I will show up for the Barbie movie. I. Oh, are you excited for the Barbie movie? I'm so excited. I'm, I'm beyond so excited. excited. I don't know what this yeah. is. I love that Ryan Gosling <laughs> doesn't know what movie this is. I or does just, he? Like, I mean, I'm a mm-hmm. fan of just Greta Gerwig as a director. I trust her. I, her, yeah. I, trust I trust her. Like Greta yeah. so announcer. deeply. So, also, yeah. I knew this movie wasn't Fugazi when I saw that Issa Rae was attached because I was like, Issa's not agreeing to do a silly, stupid movie. Like, I'm she's also got yeah. so excited for Issa Rae. We yeah. just, yeah. me and Eddie just finished Insecure. Oh. What a wonderful show! Yeah, I waited so long to finish that final. I hate final seasons because they make me sad. So it was like I was just holding on to it. Don't worry, <laughs> yeah. that was that's me like watching certain shows where I was like, I hope everybody's okay. 
Uh, All right. Well, so maybe we'll see you for Barbie. Maybe for yeah. Indiana Jones. This poor audience thank will you. have to deal with me so many times. <laughs> they love it. This lucky audience. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Well, thank you so much for listening to this episode. And thank you once again to Mackenzie for coming on. It's just always a pleasure mm-hmm. when she's on. And, and we if- hope to have her for Barbie. So guys, make it happen. Yeah. Badger her being like, we need to hear your thoughts on Barbie. Yes, seriously. If you guys fight for it, it will happen. Uh, if you have any thoughts about The Little Mermaid or want to share anything, as long as you know it's like an intelligent comment, uh, please comment on our Facebook page, on our Instagram at Remakes, Reboots, and Revivals. No, wait. Hold on. I messed that up. I'm going to take Me that too. back. Okay. okay. Please reach out to us and share your thoughts. And these are the ways that you can. You can email us, RemakesRebootsRevivals at gmail.com. If you want to hit us up on social media, Instagram at Remakes Reboots Revivals, Twitter at Remakes Podcast. You can search for us on Facebook and YouTube. And if you're listening to us on a podcasting platform, just search for Remakes Reboots Revivals. Give us a rating and a review if you can. And, and give a shout out to Mackenzie. Yeah, yeah, give a shout out to Mackenzie, who is available at, from Miss USA to MBA. Yes, and that Instagram. is her handle. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and also, guys, don't forget, June 17th at the Hoboken uh, Museum. Historical, Historical Museum. Museum. Yes, Historical in Hoboken, Museum. New Jersey. In yes. Hoboken, New Jersey, we will be hosting our first live event. So please come and join us. Um, yeah, that's it, I guess, right? That is it. So uh, we don't know what we're doing this week. We'll figure it out. But we will both be here to bring you more of our thoughts on a media property. So stay tuned for next week. And until next time, stay stay unoriginal. unoriginal.